Welcome to Historical Fiction Unpacked. I'm your host, Allison Treat. Hello, readers. Welcome to Historical Fiction Unpacked, finally. I think a few of you may have noticed that I've been gone for a while. I know some of you have seen the reason on social media. My last episode was December 9th, and here we are, February 3rd, and I'm finally releasing another episode. So I took a sabbatical. It was completely unplanned. Um, After that episode released on December 9th, the following Monday, which is usually my Monday routine, is work on the episode, do interviews for future episodes. Um, And I had just finished getting that, um, that week's episode all prepped and ready when I started to find out that things were happening to my sister who was 29 years old. And she is the only one of my siblings who's was on her own and lived in the area. So she and I were like the close, the ones that were close here, um, close to my parents. And we were close also. But unfortunately, that day she passed away from a pulmonary embolism. It was very sudden and unexpected and obviously threw me for a loop completely and consumed my days. If you've lost someone close to you, you know all the things that need to be taken care of in the midst of grief and shock. And so um, I also just, even though I had that week's episode ready, I just could not bring myself to publish an episode where I sounded happy. I couldn't let my voice go out there like that on a few days following my sister's death. So I just decided to cancel the rest of the season and to come back when I was ready. And over the course of the next few weeks, I decided to start the next season with um, an episode dedicated to my sister, April. But obviously, I don't want to spend this whole episode talking about her death. I can talk a little bit about that maybe at the end, but I want to share with you about her life and what kind of person she was and what made her special. So forgive me, I'll try to keep the emotion to a minimum, (laughs) but they are right at the surface. Uh, Not all the time. I mean, it just depends on the moment, really. Um, If you catch me in a moment when I'm busy with other things and not thinking about her absence from my life, um, then I may even sound normal. And that's, I mean, that's inevitable. Life continues on for those of us left here. But let me tell you a little bit about her life. I've mentioned on some other podcasts, usually in an interview, if it comes up, if an author has um, done foster foster care or adoption, and we get to talking about that, or it's a subject in the book that we're discussing. Um, I've mentioned that I have adopted siblings and my parents have done foster care. And so that is how April came to be my sister. April was born when I was 15 years old and my mother and I drove to Philadelphia, which is about a two and a half hour drive, um, to pick her up at the hospital when she was three weeks old and she was just tiny. She only weighed five pounds. 
but they were, that's when they will release a baby from the hospital, at least in 1992, that was the case. I remember that her head would fit in the palm of my hand and her feet, her toes only reached down to my elbow. So she was tiny, so tiny. Um, I remember how tiny she looked in the car seat when we put her in the car and um, we brought her home and we fell in love with her. You know, she became part of our family. She was one of our early, we started foster care when I was 14. So she was um, not that far into our foster care journey and she just melted our hearts immediately. I know my dad bonded with her also because he would get up and give her the early morning bottles. And um, my mom just felt like she was our baby. And I think, I mean, obviously it's been 30 years almost and the details are a little fuzzy, but I believe that we were told that she could become adoptable because, you know, there her mother, her biological mother was not expected to be able to take care of her and her parental rights would probably be terminated. So I think that's what they were. My parents were hoping for that from the beginning um, because she was just so sweet and such a delight. About six months in, in December 1992, when we got a call from the um, foster care agency and they said that they were going to move April to be with her sister. We were devastated and my parents took some legal measures to try to fight it because they felt that it would be detrimental to April to be moved around. Um, But ultimately they decided to move her to be with her sister and they thought that that family that had her sister would be adopting them. So fast forward about two years, a little more than two years. I was I was a senior in high school. It was 1995. <laughs> now you all know how old I am. My oldest brother had started dating his future wife and she worked for the foster care agency that had placed April in Philadelphia with her sister. So my mom just asked, can you find out about April, find out if she was adopted and make sure that she's okay. She wanted to know just her status and whether that had actually happened, um, the adoption had taken place. So um, my future sister-in-law checked and discovered that no, the girls had not been adopted. April and her sister, Anne, were moved to another home and they were not adopted and they were actually looking for an adoptive family at that point. And so they were, the girls were almost three and almost five at this time. April was almost three and Anne was almost five. And um, my mom said we would be interested. And and so my future sister-in-law brought my future sisters to our home on the same day I met my three new sisters. And I failed to say this at the beginning, but I had grown up with three brothers. So getting three sisters in one day was pretty exciting. And just having April back in our home was amazing. I mean, it was a miracle. God did a miracle to bring her back to our family and also to bring Anne into our family because even though it was heart-wrenching that April had to leave, but we never would have had Anne if she didn't. Um, That's just how it worked out and how God planned it. And I was so grateful to have two sisters. And from that moment, they were just my sisters. I mean, it was 
the final court date when it was official that they were adopted was September 30th, 1996. So um, over a year later, but from that moment that they came into our home, they were my sisters and I was, you know, so much older than them, but just to be part of raising them and looking after them. And um, I was really grateful I had chosen not to um, go away to college, but I, I commuted to college for most of the four years of college. And um, I think that if I had not lived in the house, I wouldn't have been able to really get to know with know them and bond with them the way that I did. So that's, I mean, that's April as a child. She was, um, <laughs> she was so bubbly and cheerful. And, um, she was the one who would, you know, if somebody came to do work on the house or something, she would tell them our whole life story and all our secrets and everything about us. <laughs> we would kind of have to drag her away to stop bothering them or whatever. Um, but she grew up loving horses and, um, I think that was her first love. She just loved horses and she would go, she got mad at me because I had a horse that we sold when I was in college because it was taking too much time. And I just felt like I couldn't, um, spend enough time with my horse. And then, so later on when she wanted a horse, my parents were kind of like, nope, been there, done that. And she was mad at me for spoiling that for her. She just loved, I feel like the way to capture her is that, that she loved, she loved so deeply and she, she felt things so deeply and she showed that she didn't hide the way she felt. And she, um, you know, she wanted to be loved and accepted. And that is just kind of spilled into all the areas of her life. We had a neighbor um, when she was growing up who was also really into horses and owned horses. And so April would go and ride horses there. And she got really close to that woman. All, you know, I had grown up riding horses with her name is Sandy and I had grown up riding horses at her house. And now April kind of followed that because she loved horses so much and she learned to ride with Sandy and that was a big part of her life. And then another thing that she absolutely excelled at was playing the piano. She um, started playing, all of us have taken music lessons since we were young and, um, but she really excelled at piano, especially. And she, um, ended up playing at Carnegie Hall in 2012, I think. And that was just an amazing, she was so excited for that. Like, I, I just, I wish I could express and explain how excited about life she was and how just unafraid or unashamed she was to show that excitement. I feel like there was no one like her as far as just expressing love and and not holding back affection and excitement. So when she played at Carnegie Hall, um, we 
we had Todd and I had Todd. I never talk about my family. I don't say I never. I once in a, once in a while will mention my family, but my husband Todd and I had had two children at that time, and we took them and went to watch her. And um, some other family came, and but she, my younger brother, who lives in California, um, surprised her and showed up to watch. And it uh, her face when he showed up there at Carnegie Hall before she went, you know, to get ready for her performance. Her face was just priceless. She just was so happy that he had taken the time to end the expense and everything just to come and be there for her. And um, you guys, it's a good thing this isn't live because uh, I can all hold it together. But I think that the way that just meant so much to her just shows how much she loved her family. She loved her siblings like so much. So aside from piano and horses, April's other love was photography. And, um, you know, I was, I'm 15 years older than she, and I was, I was well into adulthood by the time she got to adulthood, but, and started really getting into photography and doing it professionally. And so probably in the past 10 years, um, I've had her take all of the pictures of my family because she's just really, really good at it. So there are so many pictures of my kids and my family that she took and every birthday party or Christmas, I would ask her to take pictures too. And, um, lots of times I'd hand her my phone and say, you know, you take pictures cause I would be running around getting food for people and just, busy with other things. And so as a result, we have so many pictures that she took, but she's not in a lot of pictures. She didn't like to be the subject of photography. She liked to be behind the camera. And um, she loved to take pictures of nature and birds and animals and also of cars. She absolutely loved racing. She didn't race herself, but she loved, um, she was a race fan. She loved to watch racing. And that was a big, big part of her life. She loved cars, (laughs) you know, sports cars. And she was really into that, which um, I think it's one thing about her that she was able to like connect with all of us about different things. And she wasn't a big reader, but she loved my latest um, work in progress. (laughs) That is my manuscript that's sitting here waiting for the right agent to snap it up. Um, she read it and she, I just, I loved interacting with her while she was reading it. Cause she would email or she would text me when she would get to certain places in it. And she would just respond to what was going on and, and tell me how much she loved it, which was so wonderful. And, um, you know, she was such a great aunt too. My, um, my kids have wonderful memories of her, about seven years ago, my parents moved from the home that April and Anne grew up in um, and moved to a house right on a lake where they have like a motorboat and a wave runner. And April at first didn't love the idea of moving there because she had always lived at the other house and and we really loved that house too. But um, she ended up just falling in love with the new place because she loved the wave runner and she would go out on it by herself. But she also, she was so generous. She would take 
everyone for rides and she loved to take all her friends and her nieces and nephews and um, other like friends, kids. Um, She was the fun single aunt to all her nieces and nephews and also to her friends' kids. Like they just loved her and she just was really good with kids. I don't know. I think she knew how to give people her attention and even with kids, she knew how to do that. And so they just gravitated to her. My kids really remember, um, well, especially I think my son, this is a a good memory of his, aside from riding the wave runner with her, um, is also during the pandemic when everybody was shut down. Um, the person we first started hanging out with was her because I was worried about her being, she lived on her own and I didn't want her to be alone. Like we had each other with, there are five of us in this household and, um, able to talk and give hugs and all of that. And so I was so glad when she started coming over like every week and hanging out and getting hugs. And, um, we usually played cards. She loved, um, certain card games, which, one of them is Dutch Blitz and another is African Rummy. She taught me how to play African Rummy. And I don't know how I'm going to, I would always like ask her about the rules every time we played um, to make sure I didn't do something wrong. So I don't know how I'm going to play. I'll have to look it up all the time, I guess, to check. But those are some of the things that I want to keep going. Like I have her her bag of different card games that she would bring over every time she came. And the last time she came to do that was sometime in October. We got together, she came over and we played card games. And that brings us kind of to the end of her life, which it just seems so ridiculous to even talk about still. It just seems surreal. Like this can't be really true that I can't text her, call her, and that she can't come over next weekend to play cards. Um, So I said the last time she came over to play cards was like October, because I know that it was after my son's birthday. He had his gecko and she was, um, that was his birthday present. And so she was checking out the gecko, but she was not (laughs) impressed by, I mean, she just thought, yeah, it's cool. But she didn't, when she held it, she's braver than I am. I don't really like to hold him, the gecko but she held him and she was just like, oh, this is weird. That was the last time she came to play cards. But then uh, more recently, we had um, planned to go Christmas shopping together on December 6th. And that was a Monday and she had time off because she had planned to go on vacation, but she decided not to. um, She wanted to save money and she decided to stay home and just take the vacation and use it for other things or whatever. And so we decided to go Christmas shopping on December 6th. But um, the night before she texted me and said, I'm just not, I'm not feeling well. I can't, I can't walk around and go Christmas shopping because I get winded really easily. I don't know what's going on. I guess she was suspecting that maybe she had developed asthma. And, but I told her, I'm so glad. I'm so thankful for this that I said, oh, well, I don't have to go Christmas shopping tomorrow. Let's just, you know, you come over at lunchtime and we'll have lunch and hang out. Um, It doesn't matter. We don't have to go somewhere. So she came to my house and we got to have lunch and talk and catch up because we hadn't, 
um, we hadn't talked. I mean, we had talked on the phone, but we hadn't really caught up for a while. And so we spent the whole afternoon and into the evening. She stayed for dinner too. So the kids got to hang out with her and, but we knew she wasn't feeling right. Like she even normally would go and and play with the kids a little bit, but she was like, guys, I really just don't, I don't feel good. Though we we didn't realize, of course, how bad she felt. You know, she had an, an appointment that was an online appointment with the doctor and she did not discover the true cause of what was happening because um, what happened the following Monday, December 13th is, um, and actually that December 6th was not the last time I saw her. We all went to a, um, a Christmas nativity together on December 11th on a Saturday night. And that was the last time I saw her alive. But of course I had no idea that it would be. Um, she still was, she had gotten a diagnosis from the doctor who thought she had asthma and gave her an inhaler and things. And she had started to feel a little bit better, but actually Saturday she said she felt worse and she didn't know what to do. Um, but I didn't realize how bad it was because she was walking out with us and, and she, a bunch of people were talking to us and I ended up saying, okay, we have to go. Um, I'll see you later. That was the last time I saw her or talked to her. So Monday, um, as I said, I was finishing up the episode. I, I had finished editing the episode for that week and I, and for some reason I had my Facebook open in a tab on my computer and somebody messaged me. Um, it was actually April's best friend, but who I've, I've known her for a long time too. And she asked for my phone number. So I, I don't know how she would have gotten in touch with me if, if we didn't get in touch that, that way. But, um, fortunately she called me and said, you know, I was supposed to take April to the ER today, but she kept moving the time back and, um, I can't get in touch with her now. And so, um, she had, I guess she had told her friend that she was going to call 911 and, and go in an ambulance. And that is ultimately what happened. She went, um, in an ambulance to the hospital, but she didn't even make it to the hospital. She went into cardiac arrest on the way and they tried everything to resuscitate her, but they were unsuccessful. So as you can imagine, we were just devastated and heartbroken by this news and um, just questioning all the things, like especially once we discovered through an autopsy that it was a pulmonary embolism, just looking back and saying like, why didn't we make her go to the hospital sooner? And all the what ifs that come into your mind because, um, you know, it's treatable. It could have, she could still be here, but you know, I've spoken a lot on this podcast about my faith. And when I, when it comes up with authors who are also Christians, we talk about it too. So I'm grateful to know that my sister believed in Jesus. She had a relationship with Jesus. She played on the worship team at church. She was, um, also did the the sound and the tech team she was also part of, but um, she played the piano at church. And um, so we know that she believed she had a, a faith in God and that she is in heaven. And um, as much as I would rather her be here, I'm glad I know that someday I will see her again and I will get to hug her and talk to her and ask her, all the questions. 
that I want to ask her right now. So forgive me, guys. I wanted to do this episode so much to remember April and honor her. And, um, you know, she was my first or second review on the podcast. She was really proud of me doing this podcast. I just, I also wanted to keep you, my listeners, abreast of what was going on so that you knew why I've been gone for six weeks or more. And, you know, why it might, it may come up in, in future episodes. And I want you to know what's going on. I think that's important. Um, I've posted about it on Instagram and Facebook and in the Facebook group, but I thought I should give a little bit more of a complete story and not try to lump that in with an episode where I have an interview with an author. So thank you for listening if you've listened this long. And we do have a lot of good authors, good episodes lined up for you in the coming months. I have enough interviews lined up to go all the way through August, which is what I'm planning to do, even though that will be a long season. Um, I was not planning to stop in December. I was planning to do two more episodes and then just have a short, short break and start right up in January. And I didn't think I would go through the summer, but now I think I will. I, I think it'll be manageable and I'll be able to get a lot of the work done before the kids are out of school. So I hope that you all had a good few weeks in my absence and um, thank you for your patience in waiting for another episode to release and, and understanding why I just had to, t- to take time. There was... Um, so much to take care of. And while it's mostly taken care of now, of course, we're still all, by we, I mean my family, my household and my extended family, all April's brothers and sisters and my parents are all grieving the loss of her and the huge hole that she has left in our lives. So I covet your prayers. If you're a praying person, please keep us in prayer. Just thanks for being there and listening. And keep reading historical fiction, my friends. I'll talk to you again next week. 